We are, uh, in case uh, anybody here is new this morning, welcome. We're super happy you're here. And uh, we're uh, Pastor Jordan and Kira Spencer, and we've been pastoring here at Praise for just the last few months since the end of August, so not very long. <laughs> but we have been uh, truly blessed to be here, and we, I just want to just take a moment and, and thank so many of you, um, you know, just your love, your support, your words of encouragement, just the way you've been really speaking into our lives has really been awesome, and we seriously couldn't be more grateful um, to this community for how you've been supporting us in this transition from the mission field into pastoring here, and uh, it's really been a blessing. It's really been a blessing. And, um, yeah, we are super thrilled. Um, there is a, well, one, I, I want to take a moment really quick. Ann pointed this out to me last week. I missed the opportunity. I want to just take a moment and just address um, the people who might be at home watching the live stream. Uh, there's been a number of sicknesses we've found out about. Um, different people struggling with different health issues and different sicknesses. And so I just want to take a moment and ask us all to bow our heads and pray together, join in spirit to pray for healing for people who are not able to be here because of health conditions or, or other circumstances. So uh, Heavenly Father, we just thank you. We praise you, God, for you are mighty to save and you are powerful to heal. And Lord, we proclaim your healing power in the mighty name of Jesus Christ all the way through the airwaves, Father God, because there is nothing that can stop you. There is no force that can come against you. No weapon can prevail. And so we stand firm on these promises this morning. And we just declare health, wholeness, healing in the mighty name of Jesus over anybody who's suffering, struggling, um, or feeling afflicted this morning in any way, shape, or form. We pray for, uh, for your health, for literally your Holy Spirit to be uh, in every breath that they breathe. And that the spirit of the living God is the circulation of oxygen through their blood, through their veins, through their, through their lungs, through their organs, through um, every part of their being. And that all things that are out of alignment come into alignment. All things that are wrong become righted by you because you are righteous and that's what you do. So we thank you, Jesus, in your mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys for joining, joining us in that. Um, yep. Yeah, and uh, just one housekeeping uh, kind of announcement I want to make. I didn't want to put any more on Rich and Ann's plate. Hey, wait, good job, by the way, this morning. You guys, <laughs> that was awesome. Very efficient. You guys really got it out there. Um, but yeah, the, uh, <laughs> so uh, I want to talk to you guys really quick about something that's just super exciting. It's near and dear to mine and Kira's heart. Um, we did it, a, a portion of this last year. Well, actually, the beginning of this year, for the first time. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you to all who faithfully serve. Um, <laughs> but uh, last year, um, at the, it was the beginning of the year. Um, Kira and I had come home from the mission field. We weren't done with our missionary journey just yet. But we were here for the fall. And something that was really stirred on our hearts, especially Kira's heart, um, to, to really pursue was at the beginning of the new year, seven nights of worship. And we coordinated it with Real Life Church up in Jamestown, and we, we included a whole bunch of um, worship uh, ministers, worship pastors, worshipers from the community. 
um, from multiple churches. We had different people speak every night, but there was really the, the, the focus is worship, worshiping our king. And so we're, we're, it's not a, a service like church service. It's like we're there to, to minister to the Father and give him an offering of great magnitude at the beginning of the new year. Where, you know, if you've read in the Old Testament um, the, the idea of first fruits that God lays out through the biblical law is this idea that, that the first of what you glean from your harvest, the firstborn of your family, the firstborn of your herds, the first of all things, he, he asks us to dedicate to him. And so this is, you know, obviously we don't operate under that law any longer. We've received the first, uh, which is Jesus Christ, and he's come and he's done so much. But we, we, we want to be people who live by this, this desire to give God the beginning and the first and, and the, the most important of all we have to offer. We don't want to give him the dregs of our time, energy, and effort. We don't want to give him out of a, a sense of like, ugh, you know what I'm saying? We want to we come and we want to give God the first because he deserves it. And last year we saw so much fruit occur throughout the community. We heard a lot of testimonies. We heard a lot of um, uh, people share of just how amazing um, the Lord was working after these nights of first fruits offering. So we're doing it again this year. So I just want to, we'll be talking more about it as we get closer to the new year. But the first seven nights of January, from 7 p.m. until the Holy Spirit shuts it down, we are going to be getting together. Um, it's going to be every other night between Real Life and Praise Fellowship. So it'll be every uh, odd, so the first, third, fifth, and seventh up at Real Life. And all the even dates, second, fourth, and sixth, will be here. Um, the other thing we're doing, though, as a part of a whole regional um, unity, active unity, is 21 days of, of prayer for the first 21 days of the new year. We're going to be joining. It's a global event, so it's not even just regional. Like, there are churches across the nation and across the globe that are going to be partnering in this. I think last time I looked online at the site that we registered Praise Fellowship on, there was about 500 and some churches across the nation and another like 300 and some across the globe that are all committing to spending 21 days at the beginning of the year faithfully praying to the Father. Now, what's really cool uniquely about that region is we've partnered with a whole bunch of pastors from multiple churches, and we've come up with a 21-day prayer guide, like devotional. And so I'm going to be getting a whole bunch, uh, we're going to be getting a whole bunch here at Praise Fellowship for you to take. And each day, a different pastor from around this region has written a devotional to focus our hearts on this, on this uh, essentially worldwide revival is what we're kind of praying into, a movement of God across the globe. And so um, each devotional uh, has a you know, scripture, a focus of, of meditation, a reflection portion, has a response portion, and then also for you families, we really, really, really want to encourage doing this together with your children. And each day should have some sort of activity or some sort of uh, questions to engage your children in in regards to the devotion. And so it's going to be, I mean, we're just really stoked because these are just like glimpses into the unity of the body that God has really stoked up in us and is showing us is going to occur around this region. And so, um, yeah, so... We'll talk more about that as we come, but I just want to give you the heads up. 
Seven days of worship on the new year. Start thinking about it now. Start praying about it now. Prepare yourself to give a first fruits offering to the Lord, uh, this act of worship, and just bringing that to, to him. More of your time, more of your energy, more of what you have at the very beginning of the year. All right? And guys, you know, praise God is right. Guys, we're going into a, a year, right? You guys know what's happening next year. It's an election year. And we got to gird ourselves up. We have to be spiritually seeking our king in heaven for his discernment, for his will, for his, his direction and his desire for his church and the people of his kingdom. All right? And that's what we need to be seeking the Lord for. And I think this is a great way to start. Um, before we jump into the sermon, though, because uh, we've got a lot, and I, we do, we have a lot, um, we have some notebooks and pens that we've picked up kind of as a Christmas gift. Merry Christmas. This is a Christ giving is this afternoon, so we have a feast together. There's also a gift to pass out. If anybody is desiring a notebook and a pen, we really highly advocate taking notes. God wants to speak something to you. You don't have to write down everything. You ask God, what is it you want me to receive from you this morning? Because I know God wants to tell you something this morning. And so I just ask you, if you have a desire, just throw your hand in the air. Rich and Ann will go around and pass out uh, a notebook and a pen. Um, we have a whole bunch of scripture references this morning and a whole lot of content you'll see in our slides. And so um, for you to be able to kind of track along as well as just kind of jot these things down in case you want to read them later, grab a notebook, grab a pen, take some notes. And uh, as they're passing that out, I will, as they're passing that out, I'm going to ask you guys to open up to John chapter 14. And uh, we, I'm going to open us in some prayer. Holy Spirit, we do welcome you here. We thank you, Holy Spirit. We thank you, Heavenly Father. We thank you, Jesus Christ. Son of God, for your sacrifice. We thank you for coming and taking on flesh, incarnate, in this manger, so many thousands of years ago, in order that we might see salvation, in order that we might see restoration and reconciliation, in order that we might receive from you uh, your spirit as our guide. And Lord God, we are speaking this morning about your Holy Spirit, and we don't want to utter a thing without you. We don't, want to, we don't want to utter a thing without you. Jesus. Jesus. Your words are so much more important than ours. Your desire is so much greater than ours. Lord God, remove anything that would stop us from seeing you through a lens that's corrupted by sin or brokenness. Deceit. Remove deception right now in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, align our hearts with yours. And you speak, you utilize Kira and I to speak your truth to your children. God, we pray. And we ask 
In your mighty name. Amen. Amen. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, we've been, we're in this series, uh, the Adore Him, Let Us Adore Him series. And we started off by just talking about the manger and posturing our hearts like the manger in order that we are open, in order that we uh, are a space that is prepared uh, accessible, available to receive more of the presence of the living God. And so that was the, the kind of introduction to this series was be the manger. All right, everybody say be the manger. Be the manger. Be the manger. There was some conviction. Or chutzpah. That's <laughs> chutzpah. Um, and then last week I talked about uh, adoring the Father, the Father's heart for you. Um, really trying to just convey how much he loves you guys, how much he wants to be with you, how much he wants you at his dinner party, the greatest celebration that will ever, ever be, um, and how he sent a save-a-date invitation to you and said, come on. And it's all you have to do is make the choice of accepting that invitation, and you can step into your sonship, daughtership, into your true identity as a child of God, and you are welcome at his table. Um, and so that was uh, last week's message, really, and just um, there was a good revelation regarding the, uh, the prodigal son story, and, uh, and the ultimate word at the end was solitude. What is it you're doing to find solitude, to find your secret place? What intentional decisions are you making to be with God alone and just say, God, I just want to know you? Nothing else will do. I want to know you. I want to know your heart. I want to know your will. I want to know your desires. I want to know what your purpose is for my life. I want to know what your plan is. Like, that's it. And you find that when you get into the place of solitude. When you get into the place of just seeking him alone and, and, listen, and say, opening yourself up to listen for his voice. And so that's, uh, that was last week's. And this week, um, we're going to be talking about what it is to adore the Holy Spirit. And now this, whew. This is a, it's a topic, and it's not a topic that's really addressed, I think, enough. I, I wouldn't say it's not addressed at all, but I don't think it's addressed enough within the church, and it's a topic of contention. There's a lot of, of fracturing uh, in the church, it tends to be over this topic, because there's, and there's a reason for that. Um, one, we can tend to just be a little bit of, a, of, of afraid of it. Because, you know, Holy Spirit, you know, when you're reading about the Holy Spirit showing up in Scripture, there's some things that go down, and you're like, well, I don't know if I want to be a part of that. I don't know. I don't know, Lord. And it's like, so there's a, and then there's, a, there's also a bit of an elusiveness. We all have relations to a son, some, or a brother, or, or, you know what I'm saying? And, or we understand the idea of being related to a son, and having that relationship, or we have an idea of being related to a father. So it's much easier to comprehend relationships that are more tangible on earth. The spirit of God is significantly less tangible and more abstract, and we tend to be like, I just don't know. <laughs> and I'm up here saying, I don't really know either, except I know that I know what I know. Do you understand? Like, I've had experience with the Holy Spirit that I'm just like, there's no way of explaining it other than the fact that it's like, I just know that I know that I know 
The Holy Spirit is, is real. He exists. And he, 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 <laughs> Jeremy, I see you shaking your head. Yes, he's real. He exists. And he wants so badly to be that part of you and to connect with you and, and to draw you into closer intimacy with the Father and the Son. And so, yes, yes, the Holy Spirit is, the vine. why don't you just say it? Okay. <laughs> She's like whispering. She's like, the vine. The Holy Spirit. So I had this image when we were thinking about it earlier in the week. And uh, the idea is like, you know, the, the, the parable or the, the, the metaphor of being the vine, right? He is the vine. We are the branches, you know, and, and the, uh, the branches are what produce fruit. And I, I just got this revelation that Christ is the stem. He's that, part of, he's that part of the vine that connects us in a very physical way to the Father, which is the vine. But the Spirit of God is the living water that flows through the vine, through Jesus Christ, into us, and causes us to have a healthy understanding and a healthy relationship of who he is. And ultimately causes us to have healthy fruit. And when we have a restricted perspective... We restrict the flow of water. And what happens is you get a wrinkled, wrinkled vine, wrinkled branches, not so great fruit. Yeah. So we need to be able to couple all of these things, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, together in right thinking in, in order that the, the flow of the Holy Spirit is open wide and flows freely through our lives and produces the healthiest fruit it can possibly produce. Mm -hmm. All right? And so that's what we're trying to kind of help in this series to do is really bring about an understanding of adoring God. And God is comprised of these three things. And it's not odd. I'm comprised of three things. You're comprised of three things. You have your flesh, you have your soul, your mind, will, and emotions, and you have your spirit. God has made us in his image. There's, there's no difference there. And so he's just trying to give us a, really a greater understanding of ourselves and how we function mm -hmm. as, as we grow in our understanding of him and how he functions. Um, so how can we adore the Father and the Son if we don't know who the Holy Spirit is? And uh, the Holy Spirit is who reveals the Father and the Son to us. So like, how can we adore and say we adore him and we know him if we don't know the Spirit? Because it's the spirit of revelation and wisdom. It's by knowing the spirit we know God. It's by knowing the spirit we accept Jesus. Yep. Yep. So you might not know that. You've already had. If you believe in Jesus and have become a, a follower of Christ and you are a Christian, you've already had a Holy Spirit encounter. I mean, that might be news to somebody. So I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> we had a, a wonderful instructor in Kona, when we were going through our missionary training, and uh, they had a whole week on Holy Spirit teaching and training while we were down there. And this, this woman who is a, a wonderful um, prophetess, she's just very filled with the Spirit. She walks in power, mm -hmm. which is an, you know, an evidence-filled life. Mm -hmm. um, or no, at least proclaims it. The, um, the power proclaims the, the truth of the Spirit and the evidence of the Spirit. But Amy Ward, she came and she just said, why is the Holy Spirit one of the most controversial topics in the church? Why is it that we have such a hard time thinking about it, talking about it, you know, um, desiring to learn about it? 
And it's because this is the, one of the other things is because Satan doesn't want us to find out who we are. And he doesn't want us to find out what kind of friend we have. We have a friend in Jesus. We have a friend in the Spirit of God. And he doesn't not, he, the last thing he wants is for you to know your identity. And the Holy Spirit reveals it. The Holy Spirit is truth because the Holy Spirit is Jesus and Jesus is truth. And God is, see what I'm, see how this all ties together. So who is the Holy Spirit? He's a distinct person of the Trinity. All right, so I'm going to, yeah, we can start the slides. If you guys want to throw up, we're going to look at um, John. I told you guys to flip to John 14. Hopefully uh, you heard that. Uh, verse 16 and 17. We're going to take a look at this first. Because um, this the Holy Spirit's not just some elusive, it's not, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? What, is, what did your mom say? Like a, a wisp. A wisp, right? <laughs> like it's not, wisp. the Holy Spirit's not just like, whoosh, like, you know, the Holy Spirit is an actual person. And when you read the Bible and you hear and listen to the language, you're like, oh, okay, okay. You know, because this is the way God and Jesus refers to the Spirit of God yes. is, in this, is in this scripture. Yeah. In, uh, in verse 16, it says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor. So he's, in that statement alone, he's, he's indicating there's a separation. Right? I can't give you something and then hold on to it. Like, if I give you something, it's separate from me. Right? So I give you another counselor. So there's this, there's this indication as to the... The, the individualism of the Spirit of God within relationship to the Father. But he says, uh, to be with you forever. He is the Spirit of truth. He is the Spirit of truth. Amen. Whatever you ask in my name, I will do it. Oh, sorry. Jumped up to the top there. That's not where I'm going here. The world is unable to receive him because it doesn't see him or know him. But you do know him because he remains with you and will be in you. Praise God. I also, yep, and uh, there's uh, just to write down, if you grabbed your journal, you can write down John 16, 7 and 13. You can write down Romans 8, 16, 26, and 1 John 5, 6. Those are all additional scriptures that will help you understand who Holy Spirit is as a person of the Godhead, all right? So these are things that the Holy Spirit does. He speaks. You can go, can go two slides next. from now. Yep. We told you guys, we got a lot here because <laughs> we, like, we just want it to be super clear. We want you guys to be able to research it yourselves. We want you to be able to... to, to you can go to the next slide. Yep, one more. And then, and then I think there's one more. Right there. Go. So who is the Holy Spirit? He speaks, right? He witnesses. He searches. He can be grieved. He has emotions. He loves. He has a mind. He has an intellect and an intelligence. He can be tested. He can be resisted. And he has a will. And just so you guys know, I actually compiled a PDF that I'll post on the Praise Fellowship page because this is a lot today. We're going to do a lot of Bible. 
because this is the most controversial topic of the Trinity, and it is confusing. And I feel like there's this massive spirit of confusion that has come upon the church and has tried to keep us from really understanding who he is. So we went straight to the scriptures, and these are all exactly what scripture says. So I'm going to be posting that today. So if you don't catch anything, don't worry. It'll be posted, okay? Yeah, guys, because this is it. This is the, like, the Holy Spirit is the manifest power of God on earth and in you. The Holy Spirit is sometimes scary because what it really does is it results in us having to actually hand over control. And that's why so many people in the church, they're like, eh, I don't know about the, the, the spirit because it's like the spirit is that part that's just saying like, that when, when we say, when we partner with it, we're literally saying, I want you to lead me today. And, and we have to give over to full control to the spirit of God in order that the spirit might flow through us and produce the fruit that we are wanting to see produced in the church. And so you can go to the next slide. So the enemy has been trying to confuse us in the church. He's been trying to keep it hush hush. He's trying to come against it because he doesn't want you to walk in the power that you actually have access to. The Holy Spirit, um, what is the role of the Holy Spirit? To convict us of sin, righteousness, and judgment. To counsel us, to guide us into all truth. To reveal Jesus to us, as well as the Father. To declare what is to come. To equip us with power. To help us pray. To equip us with spiritual gifts. These are the supernatural gifts of prophecy, tongues, interpretation of tongues, wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, and the discernment of spirits. And to empower us to build and be a part of building his church. Yeah, so we just, you can go to the next slide. So we have, you know, I just want to share the past two years for us on our missionary journey has been really one of just discovering who the Holy Spirit is. I grew up, we both grew up in pretty conservative homes where we didn't like raise like um, churches where we didn't raise our hands very much. And um, you kind of like know about the Holy Spirit, but you we, like he was just kind of this aspect that wasn't really taught. And if he was, I didn't quite understand it. Um, and so these are, these are personal questions that I personally and we have personally been like, what is up with this? <laughs> like, I need to know what Bible says about this. Like, because it's, it's been so confusing for us. And we just want to share with you some of the things that, you know, cause some tension in the air in the church. Okay, so... Was Jesus baptized in the Holy Spirit? So here are the, the four accounts of Jesus' baptism in the water baptism. And you can go to the next one. We're looking at the, the bottom one, Matthew 3, um, 16. When Jesus was baptized, he went up immediately from the water. The heavens suddenly opened for him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming down on him. Mm. So Jesus was not only water baptized, but he was baptized in the Holy Spirit during this moment. 
And what was so in, unbelievably like captivating for, for me over these last two years of discovering the spirit of God is that he, he hadn't done any of his ministry yet. This was the moment that equipped him and empowered him to do his ministry. From then on, he was led straight into the wilderness to be tested by Satan. And then he began his three years of ministry. And it's just incredible to me that, that that's what happened. And that the father says, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. And he hadn't even done a thing yet. Mm. And so it's mm. him receiving his identity along with the power of being equipped. Okay, we're going to go to the next slide. So here's another question. Is there more than one kind of baptism? So we hear water baptism. We hear um, baptism of the Holy Spirit. And um, sometimes we hear um, baptism of fire and some things. But we specifically want to talk about water baptism and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so right here, let's look at what Jesus says in Acts 1.5. You can go to the next slide. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit in a few days. This was right before he ascended into heaven. So he distinctly differentiates between the water baptism and baptism in the Holy Spirit. And, you know, that's like a trigger word for some of us, like baptism of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Those weirdos who get baptized in the Holy Spirit. But really, literally, this is straight from Scripture. That's where it comes from. That phrase is straight from Jesus' mouth. So you can go to the next slide. What does Paul say? So this is a little bit more chunky, but while Apollos was in Corinth, Paul traveled through the interior regions and came to Ephesus. He found some disciples and asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? No, they told him. Uh, we haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Into what then were you baptized? He asked them. Into John's baptism, they replied. Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people that they should believe in the one who would come after him. That is, in Jesus. When they had heard this, they were baptized in the name of the, in the, name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they began to speak in tongues and to prophesy. So even Paul was like, wait a minute, have you been baptized of the Spirit yet? We need to get, we need to do this. We need to empower you mm -hmm. to be equipped to share the gospel in its fullness. We were just singing about the fullness of the Spirit. Mm -hmm. And that's our heart, to walk as a church in the fullness of the Spirit. You can go to the next slide. Here's another question. Um, oh, wait. Ch -ch -ch. What are some biblical signs of baptism in the Holy Spirit? So you kind of just wonder what kind of things happen. What, do, what, is, what happens in the Bible when people are baptized in the Holy Spirit? We see tongues and prophecy, which is what we just read in the previous slide. And we also see power. In Acts 1.8, Jesus says you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit, and you will receive power when it happens. 
And so um, we, for the sake of time, we won't totally go into prophecy and power today, although I do have those slides, so you can get them anyway. Um, but we're going to talk about tongues because this, my friends, is a tricky subject, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know about you. But there have been moments where I personally have been offended by this topic, and, the God, and, mm. and God has really worked the kinks out in me, um, and I'm so grateful for it. And I'll, I'll tell you more about that in just a little bit. But is there more one kind of tongues? We have our spiritual prayer language and the supernatural gift. And I did not know this. I just thought it was all the same thing. <laughs> But really, in Jude, he says, pray in the spirit. In um, Ephesians and Romans and all of those verses, which you can get afterwards, I promise. I'll have them up. But it's, it's a spiritual heavenly language that equips you and empowers you. And we'll talk about that in just a little bit. Um, that'll be the next slide. But this, there's a supernatural gift as well. And that is the prophetic gift. So you can go to the next one. So the spiritual prayer language. So this is where it says in Jude. But you, dear friends, as you build yourselves up in the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 6.18 says, pray at all times in the Spirit with every prayer and request and stay alert with all perseverance and intercession for all the saints. This is a personal language that you can receive. It's a gift from the Holy Spirit. And what it does is it empowers us and it equips us. And we'll talk about that again in a little bit. You can go to the next slide. So the supernatural gift, here's where we see the supernatural gift. They saw tongues like flames of fire that separated and rested on each one of them. And then they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in different tongues as the Spirit enabled them. That's Acts 2, 3 through 4. In 1 Corinthians, we see to another, the performing of miracles, to another, prophecy, to another, distinguishing between spirits, to another, different kinds of tongues, to another, interpretation of tongues. And this is a prophetic word for the body of Christ. It's a version of prophecy that is supernatural, and, it is, and you know that Holy Spirit isn't in a room. Has anyone been in this room when there's been a, a gift of supernatural tongues? Yes. That is what happens when someone speaks, stands up and starts speaking in tongues, and then there is a translation, which you can look um, in, in 1 Corinthians at, the, at all of that entails, um, biblically in a church meeting, um, someone else gets up because they have the gift of interpretation of tongues and they give the interpretation of what was just spoken. And it's incredible moment. And, you know, it can become a, um, an uncomfortable thing for many who don't quite understand or know what it is. And that was me, 100%. And so we desire over this next year, even six months, to just saturate ourselves in who the Holy Spirit is because we want to know the fullness yeah. of who God is, not just two-thirds of who he is. We want Him to know him in the fullness. Go ahead to the next slide. Yeah. Okay, you can skip that one. That's on there. 
Okay, can we be continually filled by the Holy Spirit? Yes and amen, yes. So this is all things that we've been discovering, like, wow, it's not just one filling. You're like, oh, I'm good. (laughs) Yes, I'm good. So we see after Peter's initial baptism of the Holy Spirit with the rest of the disciples at Pentecost, Jesus is, or Peter is filled with the Spirit to empower him to speak before the Jewish leadership. Um... After he and John were arrested, the Sanhedrin were left speechless, and they were forced to release them. Acts 4, 8. So after Pentecost happened, and the fire came, and and Peter was initially baptized in the Spirit, he was then refilled with the Spirit to be empowered to declare an undeniable truth to, to the Sanhedrin. They were left speechless, and this was a supernatural equipping that the Holy Spirit gave him. Um, in Ephesians, um, okay, sorry, in um, Acts 4.31, Peter and John went back to the believers and testified to their imprisonment right after this happened. Um, and they all prayed together for even more boldness. Imagine that you're just released from prison. They're like, if you keep doing this, we're going to kill you. And they're like, more boldness, Jesus. They're like, we want to do it more. <laughs> like, yes, it's amazing. It's amazing and humbling because I personally want to be like that. And it's difficult in our culture to move in that, in that kind of boldness, to pray those kinds of prayers. Ooh, maybe, may we be a people that pray these things. So then they prayed for boldness and then the Holy Spirit filled them once again. There was such unity. There was such hunger in the room that Holy Spirit couldn't even help himself but come again and again because he's like, these are my peeps. I just love them. (laughs) And we, I'm telling you that the (laughs) Lord has called this house to be his peeps. Yes. Yes. So you can go ahead and to the next slide. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. All right. Yeah. So, okay. You can go to the next one. We're running out of time. Okay. So why is a spiritual language important? So this is what I said I was going to refer to next earlier. I was going to refer to this. <laughs> So a spiritual or prayer language is important. I, I have to tell you, these are all, ba- I like, we're babies. We're like, tell me more, Jesus, or Holy Spirit, really. Tell me more of who you are. And um, these are the things that we've uncovered, and it's been like finding a treasure trove. And so number one, it is an immediate connection to God through the Holy Spirit. You're just like, boom, you're there, and it's, it's a, a, a connection straight to him. Number two, it empowers us to pray the exact will of the Father outside of our emotions, opinions, judgments, fears, agendas, doubts, and distractions. I don't know about you, but I like going to pray, and I'm like thinking of a thousand different things. And I can't help but think, oh my gosh, what was it that I was supposed to do today? Or like whatever is on my agenda. Or my phone is like ding-a-ling-a-ling or whatever. It, it's just constant distractions. Or we're not even sure what to pray. Or maybe actually we're angry with the person we're praying for. When I pray in my prayer language, in my spiritual language, it is an exact will 
will of the Father, and I know that he's faithful to pray through me exactly what is on his heart, and I don't have to guess. It's just an exact will. Number three, it's spiritual warfare. The enemy does not have the ability to know what we're praying which is super exciting. Satan doesn't have the spirit of God and hence he can't understand the language. Right. And you can look up these verses. We find them here. Um, again, it'll be on the Facebook page. You can go ahead to the next slide. Oh, you don't have to go to the next slide at all. Oh no, yes, you do. I'm just <laughs> kidding. There's so much going on. I'm like, where am I? Okay, so what can being baptized in the Holy Spirit feel like? Fire, tingling, electricity, physical weakness due to spiritual power. You see people falling out in the spirit, and we use that phrase really because the power of God, our bodies cannot withstand just a tiny, tiny, <laughs> tiny, microscopic um, hint of his presence and his fullness in our bodies. And we just, boom, it's out. Because the fullness of who he does, of who he is as God, comes down, is here, but he touches us and he comes upon us, measly old little us, out of billions of people around the world. He comes and he rests on us. And that God, who's outside of space and time, who created the earth, who created us, who knows all things, who is before all things, all of that, his power comes and just rests on us just for a fraction, and our frail little bodies go, oh no. <laughs> and it's incredible, but that's what it is. When you see people falling out, this is what that is. Joy, peace, you can be overcome with emotion and or tears, gratitude, reverence, and love. These are all feelings that we can feel when we're baptized in the Holy Spirit. All right. So, you ready to share your story? Yeah. The, um. <laughs> oh, you can, you can pause the slides for now if you want. The, I, I'm, my experience, you know, really my first, I would say, Ta like tangible experience of the Holy Spirit dropping on me was um, it was in Kona and I had been around a lot of Pentecostal churches you know and I had seen the Spirit move in a lot of ways and I had gotten really good at being like good for them <laughs> I'm just I'm good <laughs> you know I got really good at that I was just like I'm fine with it I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't believe it didn't exist. I didn't believe he wasn't moving in other people in those ways. I was just fine with being left alone. <laughs> I mean, honestly. Because like I said, it was, I was scared. I was scared to give up my control yeah. fully and completely. And I was embarrassed. I thought, I, you know, what are, you, know you, th you start thinking about what are other people going to think? If, and, and I was like, I'd gone up to receive prayer before, you know, and I'm watching people dropping left and right on either side of me, but I was like, not me. Mm -mm. Yeah, I was just like, you know, and it was, again, it comes down to the posture of our hearts. That's what I had to learn over time was God was, he was continually having to empty out more and more and more. He was cleaning the slop out of my life. 
to get me to the point where I didn't care at all anymore what people thought of my passion and my zeal for the Holy Spirit and for the Father and for the Son. And I was like, I just, I was at Kona and this woman, Amy Ward, she was speaking on Holy Spirit and she said, and here's, listen to this guys, I didn't even really care for her that much. <laughs> I wasn't all that like moved by her teaching. I wasn't, you know, I, her testimony stirred me up a little bit. Things, stories that she was sharing, but as far as just her teaching, how she taught, you know, like you have preferences. And for me, I was like, yeah, she's just, yeah, she's not my favorite. Like we've had a lot of really good teachers and she's, she's okay. But it was, my preference wasn't her. But she opened up, it was one of our last days there that she opened up to anybody. She said, I want to do a time of ministry today. Like I just really feel like we're supposed to, I'm, you know, I'm supposed to go along and lay hands and just, you know, if anybody wants to receive more. And I prayed to God and I was just like, God, I'm like, I'm, I'm to that point where this can't be fake. This can't be, yeah. this can't be a show. It can't be just doing good to yeah. feel good. Because that's what a lot of our Christianity can start to turn into is doing good for the sake of feeling good about ourselves. Because on the flip side of that, we might feel shame and guilt and conviction over things we've done that are wrong. And we're like, I'm coming to you, Lord, because I want to get saved. And then I'm going to do good because I want to feel good. But God's like, I want to do so much more with your life than you could ever possibly fathom. But as long as you're going to stay in control of it, I can't do it. And so he finally brought me to this place where I was like, I just want you. And I don't want you for myself. I want you so that I can give you away. And I walked up to the, to the altar. I walked up to the front of the classroom, and I just stood there. And, you know, she's coming down the row, and she's, you know, touching, laying hands on people, you know, praying different things over people. And I was like, Lord, I'm like, I'm not going down because this woman touches me. And I started to feel like shaky. My legs started feeling weak. And I feel like she's coming. And I'm just like, she's not going to be the reason, God. If I'm going to go down and, and today, if I'm going to get knocked out in the spirit, and I could feel him already prepping me for it. But I was like, uh -uh, no way. And he was, she's coming down the row. And she's just getting to me. And she, she comes up to me. And she so gently laid her hands in my hands, in the palm of my hands. She spoke one prophetic word. And this is where tongues and prophecy and all the spirit all kind of comes together. She spoke one prophetic word. She said, evangelist. And I dropped to the ground. I was weeping. I was laughing. I was so full of all sorts of feels, you know. And it wasn't me contriving it. It wasn't me, like, it was just the pure, unadulterated love of God. Because I finally was like, God, I'm your son in whom you are well pleased. And I don't have to be anything more than that. I don't have to do anything more than be in your presence and know that you love me and then love others. And be in your presence and love you back in return and then love others. Like that's it. That's my existence and it fulfills me. 
And so I was like laying on the ground. I'm laughing. I'm crying. And I just kept repeating the same proclamation over and over and over again in my mouth. I didn't even realize it. I was just saying, give it away, 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 give it away. Give it a shot. And it just, tongues just started. Like I, didn't, I was like, I don't even know what's happening right now. It was a movement of the Holy Spirit upon my life in such a way that I would never forget it, ever, ever. And I was just, I was, yeah, I was bubbling over with joy, laughter, and just the spirit was flowing. And I was like, okay, okay, so that happened. Um, <laughs> I was like, that happened. And uh, I got up and, you know, I was like, and I feel really strongly to establish the caveat that this is not, like, we've done a bad job, I feel, as a church of creating a culture of haves and have-nots. We've done a really bad job as a church of, of making it feel like if you don't have these things as evidence, that's one of the worst languages I, you know, and I know I said it earlier, and I'm sorry for saying it, because it, like, when we say like tongues is evidence of the Holy Spirit, that's, that's bad language. Because what it does is it makes people who don't or have not received that gift yet, which I say yet because I believe it's a gift that he wants to give everybody because it's just more of him and who he is. But, it's, but, 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 but people can start to feel discouraged, like, why am I not? And it's like... But there's other things he gives as gifts. It's all stated right here. And there's other ways in which you walk in gifts, and it's all stated right here. So that we're, talk, we're spending a lot about this one only because it's so controversial. And so we want you guys to have a really solid understanding. This is just, it's, it's, if you, and we also want you to know, people in this room speak it. They pray it. And it's their prayer language. And they're just spending time before the Lord. So if you hear it, and you're not familiar with it, or it's not something that you are aware of, don't be weirded out by it. Understand that that's them just spending time hearing and praying and worshiping and relating to the Father. And it has no reflection whatsoever on the people that it is around them. I'm like, that's not, this isn't a, you know, this, this, this life isn't about comparing what you have to what somebody else has, what you've received in the revelation and the, the level to which you've received revelation versus somebody else's revelation. This, this, that's not this life. Yeah. There's no favoritism in the kingdom of heaven. That's in the Bible. Yep. There's no, and there should be no favoritism in the church of God. And so I just want to say all those things really quick. Okay, you can pop to the next slide. Signs that we are walking in the Spirit. Essentially, guys, the fruit of the Spirit, right? So we have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. But we also have um, freedom, just, just walking in freedom. No fear of man, no, like I said, not feeling like you're controlled by the world or the circumstances around you, but you're walking knowing who you are as the next one, son and daughter. Mm -hmm. When we come to know who we are, we, we start to walk in freedom because we're not worried about what other people are thinking. We're only worried about doing what the Father's asking us to do and walking in the will of the Lord. Forgiveness, when we are able to forgive others, that's a manifestation. Yeah, yeah, and Quick, like quickly. Quickly. 
Like, the, 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 like, that's growing in the spirit, is being able to come to a place of understanding that other people aren't your enemy. The enemy of your soul is your enemy. So the sooner you can come to forgiveness and, 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 and understand who you're truly fighting, right, that's a, that's a leveling up and growth and walking in the spirit. Yep, self, selfish, or selflessness, so serving others. Joy, patience, peace, kindness, humility is a big one. Humility is huge. Honor, honoring one another, speaking honoring words, not speaking curses over somebody else, right, but, but understanding and having grace towards each other and being honorable. Gentleness, goodness, self-control, and compassion. And then there's the signs on the next slide of, uh, of ways that we may not be walking in the spirit. And let me tell you, I was typing this up and going through all these, and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> just like, oh, okay. Anyway, just so you guys are, we're all on the same page. Like, there are so many things, there are many things that I no longer walk in. But some of these things pop up. Mm -hmm. They come and they continually attack us. Yep. That's why we need to cling. We need to be refilled. We need to read our word. We need to connect with the Lord and recalibrate our whole being into walking back yeah. with the Spirit. Yeah, well, continually walking with the Spirit. Remaining, right? Abiding. That's what it really is in Scripture. He talks about the abiding, being an abiding people. But bitterness, anger, disunity, gossip, Slander, sexual immorality, fear, anxiety and worry, unforgiveness, jealousy and envy, arrogance and pride, and offense, being easily offended. Those are all things that we are, that are evidences of, of us being disconnected from the spirit of God because they are certainly not of God. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we can go to the next slide. Um, and I, yeah, the Holy Spirit shows up. We've talked about this a little bit already. Sometimes in ways that are uncomfortable for us. You can go to slide, or wait, the next slide. I'll just have it up there. You can read it if you want. But I just really want to touch on the two um, things that the Lord highlighted to me. Um, maybe go to the next one. Do I have it up there? Go to the next one. Yes, hooray. Okay, so in Acts 2, 12 through 13, when they were baptized with the Holy Spirit and they were speaking in tongues, it came off as though they were drunk on new wine. That's a reality of what it appeared as. And then in, in 1 Samuel 19, this one kills me. I can't even get over it. 1 Samuel 19, 23 through 24. So, okay, so leading up to this, David's on the run, and Saul sends his soldiers to go after him because he finds out that he's with the prophets and hanging out there. So he's like, go to the prophets, get him, and, and capture him and come back. But the soldiers that were sent end up being out in the spirit. They say, he, so he sends more soldiers out in the spirit. He sends more soldiers out in the spirit. So then he goes himself, and then the Holy Spirit comes upon him, and here we are. Saul then removed his clothes and also prophesied before Samuel. He collapsed and lay naked all that day and all that night. That is why they say, is Saul also among the prophets? <laughs> you know? Funny. 
Um, you know, you see, here's the thing. Here's the thing. We put ourselves, we put our idea of who God is into a box. And we've been going on a journey where that, that box has gotten bigger, but it's still a box. And then it's gotten bigger and it's still a stinking box. It still has walls. Mm -hmm. And then over time, I would say like, I'm probably like here. You know, like there are certain things that I have opinions or judgments or whatever. And it's like, okay, my walls are almost down. You know, but it's like we desire deeply to not put God in a box because there are things that he knows that he does that we will never be able to comprehend or understand. And it's because he is God and we are not in thank goodness. Thank goodness. Because if we could wrap our mind around him, then he wouldn't be God. Then he wouldn't be as beautiful as he is being able to be in control of all of it. And also he offends our minds to reveal our hearts. One of the ways that uh, sticks out to me that she's referring to regarding the box and the expansion of the box is like, you know, our heart is referred to as a house where the Lord, we invite the Lord in, you know, he knocks, we open the door, we let him in. But oftentimes we like to say, okay, sit at the table. And, uh, but don't go in the kitchen, don't go in the diet, you know, don't, <laughs> don't go in the living room. Definitely don't go upstairs to my bedroom. Don't go... Anywhere else, just, this, is, this is the table for you to sit at. And in his kindness, and, he does, his, regardless of our, like, preferences like, or opinions. If that's all the further you want to let me in, then that's all mm -hmm. the further I'll go. And so, you know, we have a choice to invite him further into yes. the house. So I just, I want to share, like, I have not always been so keen on the things of the Spirit. I kind of mentioned a little bit. But there have been times where I've been extremely offended, <laughs> like really offended. And if you can go to the next slide, it is possible for us as humans to mistake offense for spiritual discernment. Hmm. This is something that the Lord extremely convicted me of. What I thought I was walking in spiritual discernment was really offense because of my box my walls that I thought that God existed in were being um, challenged. And because of my own perspectives through the lens of my flesh and my sin and my opinions, not scripture, my opinions, I then cast this judgment on what was happening in the room. Oh, that doesn't feel right. That doesn't, that, that doesn't sit well with me right now. I'm like, I'm not okay with that. That's not real or authentic. And therefore judging the spirit. And there have been times where there is legitimate spiritual discernment. So please do not hear me. That is one of the gifts where you can spiritually discern what is going on in the room. And that is one of my deepest prayers. Lord, show me when you're in the room and when you're not. Because do I even know sometimes? Do we even know as a church when he's in the room or if we're just hanging out? And so anyway, you can go to the next one. When we step out in a public display of deep affection or have a radical yet public experience with God, it's often seen as offensive to those watching. And Mary, this is the passage in Luke 7, Mary is the perfect example of this. 
She enters into a room of men who is, and that alone is completely inappropriate of the day and age because the women gathered separately in the house. They were not in the same room as the men. They're having a good time. They're hosting Jesus, this prophet and Messiah. And she comes, not only comes in the room completely uninvited, another ridiculous thing, but she's also a prostitute and in the old law, if, if someone who is unclean touches you, that makes you unclean. But they didn't know that when she touched Jesus, he made her clean. And they cast opinions and judgments. And Simon, who was the, um, I th the Pharisee, he said, he says, gosh, if Jesus only knew who she actually was and how often have I been in a room where I'm like, Jesus, I cannot believe what is happening right now. Honestly, really, I've been here, and I just say this because I have, I, I've been, like Tammy always says this, and I love it, I'm eating my humble pie over here because, you know, God has worked in some of these things out in the reality of who he is versus what I think. But really, oftentimes, those expressions of worship, those acts of adoration, we're talking about adoring who he is. Those acts of adoration are so radical and uncomfortable. Just think of David dancing in the street. And Michael was super, super offended. And then her womb closes up. There, there, there are consequences to our actions sometimes. And God restores that too because he's so good. He can, un he can, oh, he does everything. But really seriously, massive radical affection, which is what we're actually going after here. It's what I'm longing for. It's what Jordan is longing for. What, what we feel praise is after. We are literally praise fellowship. Mm. Praise fellowship. Fellowship with the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. and Jesus and the Father, three in one. It's all of who he is, not just part of who he is. So, um, oh gosh, we're like falling so behind. I'm so sorry. Um, so you can go to the next slide. So here, here's the thing. How important is the Holy Spirit in Don't our worry, lives? Get, we'll bring dinner. We'll bring the lunch in here <laughs> if it gets too late. <laughs> so, so Dave, Saul versus David. Okay, so the Lord revealed this to me. Um, this week, just the difference between Saul and David, because the spirit of the Lord came upon Saul at his anointing. Samuel anointed him and the spirit of the Lord came upon him to empower him to be king of, of the Israelite people. But then what happened was, is he disobeyed God. He disobeyed Samuel. And although Samuel was late, he didn't wait for him in a panic to please men and like be, have an act of authority. Like, what am I going to do? I got to make a decision. This is now my role. This is now my responsibility. And how often do we carry false responsibility instead of waiting on the Lord? But what happens is he disobeys. And then um, from there, Samuel comes and says, what have you done? What have you done? I asked you to wait for me. And, and Saul then says, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done that. And, and Samuel says, well, I'm sorry, it's too late. You disobeyed. Because in his heart, it was, 
Saul's standing with men became more important to him than his standing with God. And in his heart already, Saul didn't value the spirit of God enough to turn in complete repentance from his sin and therefore the spirit of God left him. And Samuel then went to David, and it's so funny because Saul is this like obvious king. He's tall, he's handsome, he's beautiful, he's muscular, he's all these things that we picture as like a king. And then God goes to the lowly, the lowliest of lowly shepherd boys who just spends his days worshiping in the field. Nobody hears him. Nobody knows about his worship and his deep adoration for God. But God knew. Hmm. So he goes and he finds this, this man. And he anoints him. And the spirit of the, the Lord came upon him in that moment. And I believe that here's the difference between Saul and David. Because David was a fault. He wasn't faultless. He made deep. He murdered he had a, a, an affair. There was deep, um, there was greed. There, he took, tried to take some of the glory um, at the end of his life, which he then repented for. But the difference between Saul versus David is this. In Psalms, this is not in a slide, I'm sorry. But in Psalms 51, this is his response after, he, after Nath, the prophet Nathan came to him after he had gone to Bathsheba, Psalm 51, verses 9 through 11. Turn your face away from my sins and blot out all my guilt. God, create a clean heart for me and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. The value at which David the amount that David valued the Holy Spirit versus the amount that Saul honored the Holy Spirit and valued him was completely in, in contrast. David was quick to repent and quick to own up to his mistakes, and the Lord therefore declared him even now. He's known as the, the man after God's own heart. Why? Because of this, his value for his presence so then you can go to the next slide I just want to talk about this because this is so important I just think it's mind-blowing I found this out recently in the last couple of years during Solomon's temple dedication fire from heaven fell and the glory of the Lord filled the temple to where the priests were not even able to enter that's in 2nd Chronicles 7 1 through 3 and then at Pentecost Get this. Fire from heaven fell on the disciples, and this time, because of the blood of Jesus and his perfect sacrifice, the glory of the Lord filled them all because they were now the temple. Go to the next slide, please. We are the temple. So then, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of God's household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. In him, the whole building, being put together, grows into a holy temple. This is God's heart for praise. Yes. Grows into a holy temple for the Lord. In him, you are also being built together for God's dwelling in the spirit. We each make up the building. 
all of us in this room, each, of, each one of us in across the globe, we all make up a stone of the building Amen. with Jesus as our cornerstone. And so uh, I just really want to read, just go to the next slide really quick. The new covenant ministry. Now, if the ministry that brought death chiseled in letters on stones came with glory so that the Israelites were not able to gaze steadily at Moses' face because of its glory, which was set aside, how much, how Will the ministry of this spirit not be more glorious? For if the ministry that brought condemnation had glory, the ministry that brings righteousness overflows with even more glory. In fact, what had been glorious is not glorious now by comparison because of the glory that surpasses it. For if what was set aside was glorious, what endures will be even more glorious. I don't know about you, but for me, I'm like, does my life look more glorious than watching fire fall on the temple? Really, like, is that what my life looks like? When we are in step with the Spirit, Scripture says that there is more glory because we have the Holy Spirit that dwells inside of us, which they didn't get to have. What Moses now is experiencing in heaven, who just got glimpses of on earth, Show me your face, Lord. Just glimpses of we now get to walk in every moment of every day. You can go to the next slide. So in seeking the things of the spirit, though we mustn't allow our seeking of the gifts to become greater than seeking the giver of the gifts. This is extremely important. We can't go after the things of the spirit, which we're going after, but not, but allow that to supersede our going after him because he's the whole point. Yeah. He is the yes. point. You can go to the next slide. If Jesus needed the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, how much more do we need him? Amen. Honestly, I need him a lot. <laughs> Jesus, in John 16, 7, Jesus, you can keep going on the slide. Just, I don't know if that's in there. I don't know. But Jesus insisted on giving us the Holy Spirit. He said, it is for your benefit that I go away because if I don't go away, the counselor will not come to you. If I go, I will send him to you. The disciples are like, no, 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 Jesus, we just got you back. And he's saying, no, 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 but what you don't understand, yes. what you don't understand is there is something so beautiful and waiting for you yes. that I have to go because you, this is better than having me in flesh. And so, so then I just, are you, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Um, just really quick, the next slide, the next slide. Okay. G the Holy Spirit is the down payment of our inheritance. The Holy Spirit is the down payment of our inheritance until the redemption of the possession to the praise of his glory. This is the good gift he desires to dwell with us here at praise. And our heart is to create a dwelling place where he feels safe and loved and wanting to rest. Now you can go, I, we're gonna have to skip over a couple things, but I do have in these notes the importance of the Holy Spirit in our homes. Because there's no junior Holy Spirit. This is for the full family. Yep. This is not, do you see these kids down here crying and worshiping the Lord? Yeah. That's just the beginning. Yeah. 
It's just a tiny, yes. tiny, tiny foretaste of what is coming. God wants to rekindle the fire on the family altar through times of worship, prayer, and reading his word together. How do we become baptized in the spirit? Go ahead and, and, and you can, I don't know if you can see that. Yes. Number one, obey the Lord. Because the word That's That's the first says, word. Jesus the himself first says, receive the spirit. It wasn't like, if you want to, if you want to, if you so choose to, you can have him. He said, no, receive him. Yeah, when, I mean, when I went up and received that prayer, it wasn't because she said, hey, anybody wants to come up and receive more. It was because I heard the Lord say, go forward and receive prayer. Again, like I said, I wasn't all that impressed with the teaching of the week, you know. So he's like, it's not about her. It's about you obeying what I'm asking you to do right now. So that's always the first step is making that choice of yeah. obedience. In Ephesians, Paul says to be filled with the Spirit. Now these yes. are commands, but they're all, it's also an invitation because there are commands. It's our choice to choose this. Mm -hmm. But if we want a, a full, the fullness of the Spirit in our lives, this is what it looks like. And the second one is to resist fear because we can often be afraid yeah. of the things of the Spirit due to how we've seen him move in weird ways. Okay? Resist fear resist fear three look to jesus because he is the one who baptizes us with the holy spirit yep. four believe the word acts 239 says that the holy spirit is a promise for all believers in all of all ages and number five step out in faith peter stepped out of the boat will we mm -hmm. yeah so uh the band if you guys want to come back up um we're gonna just have a moment of time here <coughs> Excuse me. Um, and uh, what Kira said, about, you know, the disciples, of course, they were like, we were, they were like heartbroken. They're like, no, you, we just got you back. Like, don't leave us now when, when Jesus was talking with them. And, uh, and he's like, no, you don't understand. Like, I go so that, that the Father will send the counselor to you. That's a huge statement and a huge revelation for us to come to understanding. Like what you have accessible, Jesus himself advocated for as, as of the greatest value. Because Jesus himself walked perfectly because of the spirit of God upon him. When the dove ascended on him, in his baptism it remained. And he's saying, you want what I have. He's like, you want this spirit. He's like, I came to be an example of what it looks like to live by the spirit. But what you need to, I need to go so that you might receive it. And so he went to heaven. And so I'm saying right now, like, we're going to have a moment. And I understand, guys, this has gone long. I understand that an entire um, college course of like content was just like fired at you in like a water hose. I understand maybe some of you were like, I'm just not tracking with this. And, I, and, and I, so I want to say this. Beyond this morning, as always, if anything we have said up here is a point of contention for you, take it before the Lord and then bring it to us. We are open for conversation on anything, always. So, so, but, but for those of you who are feeling the, the, the prompting of the Holy Spirit, and he's saying, I'm asking you to obey me. 
And you're and, and you're you're like, but God, there's people around. But God, I just don't know if I'm ready to give up full control. That's the fear speaking. That's the enemy coming against you who wants to literally kill, steal, and destroy your life. So rebuke it in the name of Jesus. Listen to the prompting of the Holy Spirit in your life right now. Obey what he's asking you to do. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Believe that the word that we just, we just rain down word of evidence of this. It's in the word of God. We're not making things up and it's not a manifestation that is unbiblical. It is entirely biblically sound. It's a matter of your willingness to choose to listen to the prompting and come forward and obey and rebuke fear and focus everything on him because then he will and can level you up if your heart is empty, if your heart is open, if your heart is accessible, if your heart is in the place right now that it's meant to be for all of history to be changed. I'm talking about history, his story. He's writing it with your life. And so the prompting right now for you guys, the, 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 the ask, the, the, the activity or the action that you have right now, the choice you have to make is if you want to, come on forward and we will have people pray with you to, and you know, if you're like, I don't know about this whole, you know, I, you, don't, don't worry about it because it's not about what we pray. It's not about us at all. Just like it wasn't about um, my wonderful teacher, Amy, when she prayed for me. This is about what God wants to give you and your desire to receive more. That's what this is about. So I just want to put it out to you guys right now this morning. If you're feeling convicted by the Spirit and you want to listen and obey the prompting, come on forward and get some prayer. If you don't want prayer with us and you just want to receive it from the Spirit himself and you're like, I just want to come before the Lord, the altar is open. All right? But we're going to have the, the band, they're going to sing through another song. You don't have to sing with. You can if you choose. You don't have to do anything. I just ask that you listen and obey what God's asking you to do right now. That's all that I ask. That's the deepest desire of our hearts at all times. And then we go to fellowship. <laughs> or as Pastor Peter Loving calls it, swallowship over at the uh, fellowship hall. We're going to eat. We're going to eat some food together as a family. Amen. Amen. Just listen to the Lord, guys.